Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. So glad to have you along. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today, who's working on his book. I always relish the opportunity to uh, come and sit in his chair Uh, because you can't say there isn't news to talk about. We have a tremendous lineup of guests, and I have a couple of comments. We like to call them rants around here, (laughs) because everyone, you know what they say, opinions are like derrieres. Everyone has one. Unfortunately, there are some opinions that, shall we say, many people in power don't think we're allowed to have. They've branded certain opinions dangerous. Mind you, violence, burning down Wendy's, having actual riots in the streets, taking over six blocks, cities, six city blocks in Seattle is not dangerous. It's merely mostly peaceful protesting, but um, having an opinion that the state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, doesn't like, doesn't want you to think, believe, or even question or doubt them, that has been characterized as dangerous. You want to know what I think? I'm about to rant. I think the whole notion that differences of opinion are dangerous is dangerous. That's what I think is dangerous. Teaching people, old and young, people in school, people in K through 12 12 education, that ideas, thinking outside of the box, uh, questioning the uh, 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 conformist view of things, daring to ask the questions that... uh, are contrary to the narratives we're being fed to believe that it is dangerous to do that, to even introduce the possibility that it could be dangerous for you to question, oh, I don't know, a an experimental vaccine and what the possible uh, blowback consequences, side effects could be, even though, uh, uh, we have laws in this country called informed consent that we have a right to have informed consent. Questioning, for example, which we are going to <clears throat> get into in our second hour, daring to question, for example, that toddlers could be transgender, that they themselves could decide for themselves, toddlers, we're talking three to five-year-olds, uh, could decide that they were born in the wrong body and that their sexual orientation. Remember when they made, they were talking about gay kids, LGBTQXYZ kids. Well, they were moving right into trans kids. Well, 
what they don't want you to know, and I'm getting off on the subject, off the subject, is that we had teachers, indoctrinated teachers, telling toddlers that there's no such thing as boy or girl. Now, I know you know this, but they started a social contagion to make it cool to be the opposite gender, to dress like them, to even have secret surgery, to maim yourself or to <clears throat> go along with what agenda-driven people tell you, uh, that that was cool and you would get a lot more social ego boo, that's what you used to call it, if you go along with the crowd or if it, you get to belong to a group of people. So much like... Uh, much like gangs, people join for the sense of uh, belonging that they get, the social contagion, you feel good about yourself, you feel like you have a ready-made support group. These are all psyops, ladies and gentlemen. To use little children that way is horrific and unconscionable. But the original question that I was getting to, because that's the way rants are. Sometimes you get off on a tangent, you're led down the primrose path, and then all of a sudden you come back and go, uh-oh, where was I? Uh, uh, the very questioning of the idea that toddlers could be ten transgender or questioning, or even standing up and saying, you know what, until a person is at the age of consent, I don't think they should have life-changing surgery imposed upon them with or without their parents' uh, uh, consent. And a lot of this is being done without parents' consent. We have a ton of other laws on the books that protect minors, we know this. And somehow the radical left, for reasons we can only surmise, has uh, uh, decided that if you disagree with maiming children, giving them life-changing hormone blockers that will change their lives forever, if you, if you disagree with mastectomies for nine-year-olds, that idea is dangerous and you deserve to be shut out of the public discussion. The reason why I got off on the tangent is because do you remember having a public discussion about whether kids could be quote trans, transgender? Do you remember any of that? No, all of this has been imposed on the culture against their will. We went from deciding that kids could be transgender and hearing it for the first time. And we jumped all the way. It's like jumping the shark to, if you dare to disagree with it, you're anti-trans, right? So that means you better get on the bandwagon or shut the heck up because we're going to make you pay if you disagree. That's what happens in communist countries, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happens when you are branded dangerous for having an opposing opinion that the uh, state, the authority, the authoritarian powers, whatever you want to call it, disagrees with and doesn't think you have a right to have. Uh, when I grew up, and it shows my age, I remember when dissidents, Soviet dissidents, which Americans used to respect, uh, were sent to um, Siberia. They were sent to mental hospitals, and they were 
They were branded as mentally incompetent and, and uh, insane if they disagreed with the state. People had to whisper their opinions very secretly and behind closed doors because the communist regime was always spying on them. Does this sound familiar at all to what the direction is that we're going in this country? Surveillance, spying, making sure that you get with the program or you will be punished. We have a lot of uh, uh, guests, uh, we have some guests actually, who are going to comment on the topic of the current moment, which is the expected uh, uh, indictment of Donald Trump. And uh, we even have a guest who's going to say that, well, he's going to be made into a folk hero, a legend, an icon, and, and Republicans are extolling the virtues of how his popularity has risen and people are more uh, uh, committed to supporting him for president. You know, I guess all that is fine and good. Call me a pessimist, but is that really how we want to salve our upset? Our um, Is that really where we want to take our comfort that Trump will be made into an icon instead of the very obvious thing that everybody is, uh, everybody who has a brain is concerned about, and that is what I've just been talking about, that dissent, disagreement, the old school notions, the notions that were, have been so, so uh, treasured in this country that we have civil disagreement, civil discourse, that we have many opinions about things. There isn't settled opinion or even settled science. The very idea of science is to keep questioning, to learning, to know that you don't know anything, know, don't know everything, that you could learn from people who disagree with you. You could be open. I'm, I'm talking about things that ought to be self evident that you could learn by listening to the other side. The other side from us has decided that they are gods, they are boss, and we just have to go along or be punished. That's where we are in this country. We hope to God that uh, the country will come to its senses. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have our first guest and we will continue this conversation. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are 
are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir Program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Kathleen filling in for Alan today, and I'm happy to welcome our very first guest, Army veteran and independent country music artist best known for his back-to-back billboard hits, Real Cool, Kinda Hot, and Right Beer Right Now. Derek Johnson joins us right now on the Alan Nathan Show. Hi, Derek. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm doing good. I love that. 
Texas or is it Southern accent you've got? It's great. Thank you. Good. Well, so you say that Donald Trump, now that he's been indicted and who knows when he's going to be doing the perp walk and all the rest of it, is an outlaw president and how this makes him a legend, an icon, and a folk hero. I just got through commenting on that in my opening monologue. I want to give you time to, to talk about why you think that's so. Well, because he's still legal commander-in-chief via laws and orders that he didn't write or pass. And that's why when he says all the time, hey, if you're going to investigate me, you got to investigate every president before me immediately. In March 2020, Donald John Trump became a wartime president by laws and orders by military laws, which are separate than civil and federal laws and also by federal laws. Um, you know, people all the time in, us, in our nation say we're a nation of laws and orders. He says it all the time, but they don't want to look at the laws and orders. And uh, the Military Justice Act, the 2016, is the first piece of paper in United States history that clarifies that military courts, military laws, and military personnel are separate from civil laws, courts, and personnel. And also a military court, you can't plead the fifth. Um, so that's that happened in March 2020 when Donald Trump federalized one million National Guard to active duty in Executive Order 13912. It's also in 10 United States Code Chapter 1209. Now, when I raised my right hand to serve, uh, swear into the Army, I raised my right hand under Title 10. So you can't have one without the other. It's the same Title 10 that that order is found in. So when you look at that, that is a direct military order. That executive order is still active until 2024. So that means when you have a direct military order, guess who still has that command? Donald Trump does. And also, in World War II, Roosevelt was given the power by the executive branch. So the, he was given the power, excuse me, by the Congress to restructure the executive branch to declare war by the presidency. That's in 50 United States Code, Chapter 33, Section 1541. He can declare a war, the president, via national emergencies. Well, Donald Trump established 10 national emergencies from December 2017 to March 2020. But when he established, when he declared that last national emergency in March 2020 and he federalized one million National Guard, that's what separates that from any other yeah. national emergency that a president. All right, then, Derek, well, let yeah, me sorry. let me stop you for just a second because we do have so much, so little time. And I... And right, I remember right. interviewing you about this a little while back, and I, I'm going to hope that I can uh, formulate this question succinctly. Um, I, I admire that you've done you know, a lot of research, and I've heard this point of view before. And my reaction is, when you have a lawless government that is uh, going after their political enemies, weaponizing the alphabet agencies like the FBI and more, uh, punishing and arresting people simply because they disagree. Uh, one more, labeling uh, parents because they don't agree with what their kids are being taught. And then you jump up and down and say, well, that's unconstitutional. That's unconstitutional. Isn't that sort of beside the point when they're behaving as if it is the Constitution and they're making it stick by sheer raw power, what difference does it make if the Constitution is no longer being followed? Well, it's to wake up Americans to show that you have to understand your history. You know, it wasn't Donald Trump who said, if we ever lose our nation, we'll lose it from the inside. That wasn't Donald Trump. Remember, that was Reagan. 
He said, well, if we ever lose it, we'll lose it from the inside, right? So we gotta we gotta have citizens who know our foundation again. Simplicity is a government. You know, 75% of America can't name the three branches of government. So how can they even have a conversation with you and I? Now, yeah, but we've gone so far down the road of uh, violations well, of the First Amendment and so forth. I just Absolutely. failed to see how telling people well, that Trump is still president can help us right a, now. Well, because it's a continuity of government. Federal Continuity Directive 1 issued January 17, 2017, and Federal Continuity Directive 2 issued June 13, 2017. Those are continuity of government plans. It shows the three branches of government are under continuity of government. Time only moves forward. Government only moves forward. Why do we need something called a continuity of government? Oh, because we're under a reconstitution and devolution. Those were issued by Congress. We don't know. Just, I don't even know. I'm in the talk radio field. I don't even know right. what you're talking about. Can you What's talk con- to us in layman's terms so Absolutely that you can tell con- us what is it you want people to do, you know, based on this information, which is a little bit. Well, people need to know. understand how the military, the military, the National Guard have been out of their state jurisdictions every single day since March 2020. That was a military order. We're in a military operation that's behind the scenes and a continuity of government that's on the front. So when Donald Trump tells you to go out and vote for someone in his 232 wins and 18 losses in his record, those 18 losses, those were people who didn't listen to Donald John Trump. So really quick to address what you just said, Executive Order 13848 is probably the most important document since the Declaration of Independence. Donald Trump set a trap in that order. He wrote that order two months before any election under him. And during this quote-unquote indictment bullcrap, during this crap, he's still saying what? Election interference. Election interference because what? They're smoking out the rhinos. What does he say we're going to do? Why are we not seeing evidence of any of what you're talking about? You do see evidence Even if it it. is true, even if it is true, we've got people in jail for January 6th without charges. And so— yeah. You have evidence. You have evidence. You just don't know what to look for, which is my point of trying to tell Americans what military law looks okay. like. Military Let's say we agree with you. What do we do about it? Well, like I just said, you need to, Americans need to understand simplicity is the government first, which means what affects you first. That's your local county level. That's your local county seat. That's your local representatives. If 75% of Americans cannot name the three branches of government, they don't know who to complain to. They don't know who to send their voice to, which is your local All right, House well, who should we? In your estimation, since you're saying that, you know, a lot of people are misguided, wh- who should we complain to when there are judges and others, I know you're saying local, who've already been corrupted by this current behemoth of a what, system. what you got to understand first, what you have to understand is you're talking to someone who's telling you military laws and military orders, and they're separate from your laws, civilian laws. They're separate. The military is throwing basically a coup d'etat in the background, and they're having the continuity of government. Congress knows what's going on right now. The courts know what's going on. They're smoking out. When Donald Trump says we're, we're obliterating the deep state and we're destroying uh. the festering rod of D.C., they're smoking out all the rhinos. Are you, you saying out- that the the so-called good guys who believe in the rule of law are in control right now? Is that what Absolutely. you're saying? That's exactly wow. what I'm saying. Absolutely. Wow. You know, I've heard that before, and I would just like to respectfully disagree. 
Derek Johnson, where do we find you real quick, real quick? The documents.info and the 1776nation.com. All right. Thank you, Derek Johnson, for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll be back with one of my all-time favorite guests. Tell you about him when we get back. Karen Cataline, you're listening to The Ellen Nathan Show. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. What are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Climb puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills 
skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Ellen Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Ellen today. And uh, he knows he's one of my favorite guests. I get teased about it. They say, oh, get a room. Now, it's just purely professional. I have a lot of respect for this next guest. His name is John Zemirak, senior editor at The Stream. He was press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster, as well as reporter and editor at Success Magazine. He went to Yale, got his PhD from Louisiana State University, and is the co-author of 13 books, including The Politically Incorrect Guide to Catholicism. Welcome, John Zemerak. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Karen. Pardon me if I cough occasionally. I think I've gotten COVID for the third time. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, hopefully, okay. I know. I'll, I'll survive. <laughs> I'll, I'll you mean survive. you're not? I have a fridge full of, I, I fridge full of ivermectin from the veterinarian, so I should be okay. <laughs> well, uh, good. And um, <clears throat> people know now fairly, it's public knowledge that... Uh, uh, the vax, and I'm not even going to ask you if you've taken it because it's none of anybody's no, business of who's anybody taken it. But we now know that the vax that was told to everyone will um, uh, prevent it, and somehow people who weren't vax could spread it to people who were. All of that is poppycock, and most people know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the Reichstag virus. It was the Reichstag oh. virus. It was a it yeah. was it was a, a biological weapon that was used to suspend the constitution and to steal the 2020 election. They dumped uh, nursing they dumped covid patients mm. in nursing homes to spike the death statistics to create states of emergency so they could seize our guns, close our churches and steal the election. But apart from that, it was a great idea. Yeah, and we should still trust those guys because after all, they Absolutely. haven't proven that they lie, all right? Um, let's use, <laughs> let's take advantage of your knowledge of history and your, 
your elite education to explain to everybody what a Reich, Reichstag fire actually is. Oh, sure. Well, in 1933, if, if you were, people, people don't remember, Hitler came to power with a minority of the votes. He had the largest party, but still not even close to 50% of support in the German parliament. Um, they created a fragile coalition. The dumb conservatives went into coalition with Hitler, confident that they could control him. And what he did once he, once he was chancellor uh, was there was someone set a fire in their Congress, the equivalent of our, you know, their Reichstag is our Congress, set a fire to it. And he played it up as a national crisis, as an attempted revolution by the communists, and used it as a pretext to suspend the Constitution he had just sworn to uphold. And because of the public panic that was created about a fictitious communist revolution um, and, and whipped everyone up into a state of absolute terror, uh, they, they just gave away their rights with both hands. And all the parties that had thought they were so clever in creating a coalition government with him, within a few months, they were forced to disband. And everyone had to join the Nazi party, and any opposition people went to concentration camps. Well, that's hmm. kind of, isn't that a lot like what they did with January 6th? Well, and you mentioned panic and fear. Yeah, panic, panic and, and fear, fear being used to make people do things that are not in their best interest and <sighs> bullying and, and intimidation tactics. Exactly right. <laughs> Which oh, is precisely sorry, what's happening coughing. with this... Yeah, go precisely ahead. what's happening with precisely what's happening with this transgenderism business. We saw that mass shooting last week, and I've got a piece at stream.org that in just a few days, more than 30,000 people have read this column, and I hope people check it out. The title is, My Pronoun is Legion, which is a reference to the scene in the New Testament where Jesus finds a man who's possessed by devils, and he asks the man his name, and the man says, my name is Legion, for there are many of us. And whenever I hear people say their pronoun is, my pronoun is they or them, I think of that. I think, oh, yeah, because you are Legion. I really okay. think, and I make the case in this article at stream.org, that transgenderism is not quite like communism or pro-abortion, the pro-abortion position of feminism. I think it is directly demonic. I think it is wow. the fruit. Uh, it is the fruit of wicked spirits who are not who are not embodied. They don't have bodies. They hate bodies. They hate our sexuality. They hate our creation the way God made it, and they are obsessing and possessing people into hating and mutilating and destroying their bodies as as, as a rebellion against God. And Can that's I put? What I think is at the heart of this, and this is so important to talk about. We've got to talk about all of it. People are getting murdered in the name of ideas that are being pushed down people's throats. Uh, let me posit another theory and and run it past you. And you know, we love it because yeah. even a guy that I respect this much, we're allowed to disagree. This is what America is supposed to be about. I don't even know if I disagree, but I'll, let me tell you how I look at it. I look at it as anything that uh, uh, devalues, diminishes, and destroys people of faith are things that the 
radicals and the communists and the people putting money behind these movements to get people on the bandwagon uh, uh, love. So if if Christians and people of faith, not just Christians, Jews too, anyone, people of faith who believe that there is a God and they're not it, uh, uh, if they believe that God made us this way and we should respect human life, especially innocent human life, they're going to elevate the opposite. If, uh, for example, there's something in the book that says uh, a, a woman shouldn't dress in men's clothes and vice versa, they're going to do the opposite in order to destroy faith and people of faith, and they're doing a doggone good job of it because they don't want competition. We talked about this before. They want to be God in their universe and in ours, and they're creating this bandwagon of propaganda, which people are happy to jump on. What say you? I think that's true, but that that doesn't necessarily contradict what I'm saying, because why be so obsessed with obliterating people of faith and obliterating belief in the one true God? And what 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 is the root of that? If you read uh, if you read Paul Kangor's book, the, the Devil and Karl Marx, you'll learn that Paul that Karl Marx was obsessed with the figure of Satan. He wrote poems praising Satan. He wrote mm-hmm. plays from the point of so view. So was Solinsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if if you want to be a, re- a rebel, the primordial rebel is Satan. Excuse me. In my piece at the stream, I talk about the Marquis de Sade, an 18th century degenerate aristocrat who went to prison for kidnapping and torturing impoverished prostitutes, women of the street. This rich man torturing torturing poor women. And he wrote these encyclopedic books of, of disgusting fantasies of murder, rape, torture, incest, child molestation, blasphemy. Oh. And somehow, somehow these books became fashionable among French intellectuals. And what's oh. really chilling, the Marquis de Sade was the first philosopher in history to make a case for abortion. Really? He, and the case that, yes, and the case oh. that he made for abortion was twofold. First, that a woman should have a bodily autonomy, and second, that women need to be able to walk away from the fruits of sex just the way men can in order to be equal. Those are the two arguments that Simone de Beauvoir, who was a big fan of the Marquis de Sade, she wrote a whole book praising him, uh, she mainstreamed de Sade's arguments in her book The Second Sex, and it became the basic arguments that feminists make for abortion that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was spouting in her legal opinions. So Simone de Beauvoir, the girlfriend of, of Jean Bossard, mainstreamed Marquis de Sade's arguments so that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was repeating them and making them American law. Wow. See, that's one of the reasons we that's love John Zamirak. He backs it with history, and then you get to decide. Uh, we have about a minute, and you've graciously agreed to stay with us for one more segment. I'm going to ask our producer to maybe call you back because for a while there you were breaking up, and we want to make sure we have a good connection. And I am playing for time just a little bit. Here's what I want to talk about, John, when we come back, because you have you know so many articles. I want to talk about the use of propaganda and the jump the shark 
kind of thing we're seeing in light of the Trump indictment, uh, putting forth utter lies uh, as fact, brazenly. Uh, We're talking to John Zamerak, senior editor at The Stream. We'll be back with him right after this. I'm Karen Cataline, and you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic 
ran a red light, and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Wonderful. Welcome back, everyone, to The Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today, and we are in the process of talking to John Zimerak, who's gracious enough to stay with us even though he's sick, but we know he will recover. <laughs> Thank you so much for staying with us, John. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um so, yeah, we were talking about how the demonic spirit of rebellion, which has always existed since the fall of man, uh, but how it is it is work at today's society. I mean, we saw the people, leftists trying to make the woman who shot up a Christian school in Nashville, they're trying to make her into the victim. One piece That's of news correct. I saw that no one is reporting, she yeah. had gone to that pastor for counseling. Uh-huh. the pastor of that church, and he gave her ad- biblical advice not, we assume, not to undergo transgender treatments, and she came back to kill him. And when she couldn't find uh-huh. him, she killed his daughter and, and uh-huh. other children and employees. That kind of rage. Imagine, imagine going back if you don't like what your doctor told you or your rabbi told you and shooting up the whole facility. That's the kind of madness that we are encouraging by saying that everyone has to cater to the psychological delusions of people who think that they're the opposite sex. Correct. And it seems to be being used on uh, a vast number of people uh, simultaneously. It's like, you're not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to disagree. It's a mass, um, a mass formation psychosis. It's it's like the, correct. I mean, so one of those mass delusions, such as existed. I mean, in Germany, they managed to create that kind of mass delusion about the Jews, but it had been created before during the witch trial craze when they right. convinced and, people that their neighbors yeah. were flying through the air at night and kissing yeah. Satan's butt. 
and and it's also they they try something that are either existing prejudices like the race baiting ideology um that all America is racist i what I want to focus on if we can because you have such a, a vast uh knowledge on this is the the kind of propaganda that you alluded to already that within less than 24 hours of this atrocity of shooting up a church and killing three nine-year-olds and three adults in the name of trans something. And we're also not allowed to see the so-called manifesto. The media got to work immediately telling us that all transgenders are in danger now. They've twisted the script to make transgenders the victims and Christians the perpetrators. Talk about that in light of what you mentioned in Hitler's Germany and the use of propaganda, the wide, broad use of propaganda, because it's, it's brazen as I've never seen before. Well, remember, Joseph Goebbels once said, the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. And that, and that, we certainly saw that with COVID. If you make a lie sufficiently huge and outrageous, you will most, it, will, it will pass through most people's filters because they won't believe you'd be willing to tell a lie so big. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's the way sociopaths get away with what they do. They act in ways that are impossible for us as ordinary human beings to compass. We, we would never do something like that. We don't believe anybody would do something like that. And therefore, when, when someone reports it, we don't believe it. That's partly how reports of the Holocaust, when they filtered into the West from oh. Eastern Europe, got dismissed. Because who could oh. believe such, such craziness? It sounds like made-up propaganda. Yeah. And you know what, uh, John, I'm constantly fascinated. Uh, and this is why I'm constantly fascinated by the difference between people who see through the propaganda. I, you could call it red pilled versus blue pilled and yeah. people who are totally zombied out by the constant narrative of nihilism, hatred and dissent. It's like, I don't know, could you comment on that? I mean, it's just speculation, but there are people who say, oh, give me a break, like Drew Barrymore said when she was six in E.T., versus people who believe the most preposterous things and think anybody who disagrees is evil. Right, right, and and they they were wrong. I've I've done an article like this at at stream.org. All the things they were wrong about or lying about, from Putin fixing the voting machines in 2016 to Trump colluding with Russia to the vaccine preventing COVID transmission yeah. to, yeah. I mean, just on and on and on and on. Kyle Rittenhouse was not a first-degree murderer. Nick Sandman was not uh, taunting an Indian tribal elder. Uh Jesse Smollett was not lynched yeah. in the middle of Chicago. Yeah. It just on and remember, on and on. Remember Zimmerman, that uh, other case, yes. which was brazenly the opposite. George Floyd, brazenly the facts were opposite. And yet 
There are people who've believed it all. I know you're not a mental health professional. I used to be, and I can't possibly, possibly figure out what it is that causes people, intelligent people, to believe such phenomenal nonsense. Is it because they don't know what they stand for? Or, I mean, I I could write a dissertation, but I don't know. Here's here's my answer. You know the way birds... Can, can st- when they t- when the flock turns, they all turn together. Nobody has yeah. to talk about it. The way uh, it, the yeah. way herd animals manage not to bump into each other. There there is an there is an animal herd instinct, and that is what is rewarded at Ivy League colleges. That is what is rewarded in corporate America. Not intelligence. Not innovation. Not independent independent mindedness. Not truth telling. It is herd behavior. And if you are the first to figure out where the herd is going, you can get out in front of them and look like the leader. I actually wrote a piece uh, at the stream. You might want to look it up. It's called There is No You in Winter. It's my Mm. TED Talk at Davos, which I didn't actually deliver, but I'm pretending. Um, And it explains how our elites form themselves. And they are the people, they're the joiners, they're the trend followers, they're the kiss-up, kick-down people. They are, this is the type of behavior that we've been rewarding with good salaries and good jobs for the last 50 years. So sad we got to go. Well, that's communism. All conformity, all the time, that's what it is. Can't have individualism or individual freedom in communism. Uh, John Zemirak, thestream.org, find him at stream.org, read him. Thanks, we appreciate your time. We certainly do. Well... Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a full roster. I guess we, we lost him just a tiny bit early. I heard the music. We got to go. We'll be right back. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. 